What's going on, everybody? Welcome back uh, to another episode of Talk to Do. I know background's a little different. Uh, Thanksgiving, traveled out of town, but uh, obviously we still got to get the content out to you guys. So um, Thanksgiving out of town, but we're you know we're still going to get a, a recording out for you. Um, obviously, big game last night um, in Vegas against number one team uh, Gonzaga, uh, who a lot of people are picking to win it. <clears throat> to win it this year, but uh, we were able to get the dub, 84-81. Uh, got my guy, Rob Doster. Um, closet, biggest Duke fan in the world. Um, you know, he, he he doesn't express it as much because, you know, he doesn't want Jeff on his head about it, but um, he does love us. So, you know, we're going to chat a little bit about the game last night. What's going on, Rob? What's going on, man? How you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good, man. Uh, turkey was good. Sides were good, so... You know, we had three different pies, so I mean, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, that's the key, right? Top level, yeah, yeah, very high level. Yeah, so you got to be. Um, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to be honest, I don't think they played their best game. Um, you know, Paolo obviously played really well in the first half, but yeah, you know, I think the cramps had him uh, pretty uncomfortable for most of the second half. Uh, you know, he wasn't as aggressive. Um, didn't really seem like, you know, he could move like he wanted to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, a uh, really good win. Seemed like a, a crazy atmosphere. Um, wish I could have been there. Um, but, yeah, it was, I think, good solid win for our guys. Yeah, I think that was – the first half was about as well as I think you'll see a Duke team play um, at any point this season. And it wasn't just the stuff that they were doing offensively. Obviously, Paolo looked awesome. Uh, but for about those first 18 minutes, they were really, really good on the defensive end of the floor. They kept Gonzaga mm-hmm. getting out in transition. You know, Drew Timmy is awesome. And and, and just keep in mind, he finished with uh, 17 points um, on 7 to 13 shooting last night. But they pretty much held that dude in check. Like, he re- wasn't yeah. really the kind of impact guy that you expect out of uh, out of someone like a Drew Timmy, a preseason national player of the year. I mean, that was – it was the, the first – 18 minutes of that half before Powell got in foul trouble and before the cramp started. Like that was a, that, that was your probably peak Duke performance, I think. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, what Paolo did, you know, 20 in the first half uh, was amazing. Uh, I don't know if you can uh, solidify yourself as number one pick in one half, but he may have done it last night. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I think our defense was good, but you know, that Gonzaga team is really good too. And, you know, every time I thought we were going to get a little bit of room, you know, they would come back and, and hit us with a little run. So, um, but it was, I think it was good to see, it was good to get that, um, that pushback from Gonzaga and, and see how you react, you know, see how, you know, what happens you go up six and they cut it to two and, and you got to find a way to, you know, to, to fight back and, and push the lead out a little bit more. Even in the second half, you know, Gonzaga came back and took the lead for a little while. Um, and, you know, we were a little bit out of sorts offensively, you know, not really getting the best shots. But I think, uh, you know, Wendell really settled us down, especially with Paolo out. And, you know, we started to get back to what we were doing well in the first half. Wendell um, was great. He, he's been great all season, <laughs> yeah. but he was he was particularly good last night. But I'm looking at his line right now. He finished with uh, 20 points, six boards, six assists and four steals. And I, I'm just. Yeah. Are you expecting this out of him this year? Like, did you see this coming? I, I know you were at K Academy. And I know you've been around that team and, and you talked to the guys. Did you expect this kind of season coming from Wendell? Because I, I know I, I was kind of to the point where it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe he's uh he's kind of going down that Joey Baker route of he's always just going to be the guy we want to be the next great player. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought he'd have a good year. Um, but you know, I mean, I thought he'd have a good year last year too. And I don't, and he didn't have a bad year. Uh, I guess you know, we just all thought he'd take a bigger step. And but you know, I I, I don't know that I saw him doing quite what he's doing now with the you know rebounding uh, with the playmaking. Um, you know, his defense is being really good. Um, and he's just you know he's been like a, he's been a rock really um, in these big games. So um, I'm, I've been really impressed. Um, and you know, it's not, to me, it's not fluky. It's, you know, he's doing it, you know, night in and night out. He's already recorded a triple double this year. He flirted with another one. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I can say I would have called, you know, this kind of performance with him, but you know, I've been super impressed. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth pointing out too, that everybody runs, uh, you know, kind of their own race when it comes to finding a way to, um, reach your potential, I guess, you know, you don't have absolutely to because, you're not uh, a first, if you're like a McDonald's all American, just because you're not a first round pick three months into your freshman season, doesn't mean you're not going to end up getting there. And I don't know if Wendell's going to end sure. up a first round pick, but that dude's going to play in the NBA because of what the season that yeah. he's having right now. And partially because of games like that. So um, it, it's, it's good reinforcement to let people know that it, it the, sometimes the, uh, the sprint turns into a marathon, but you still get where you need to get to. Absolutely. For sure. Um, and then, you know, Mark as well um, had a really huge game impact on both ends of the court. Um, you know, was was finishing over the top, was blocking shots, uh, had a hell of a block that got uh, <clears throat> marred by the by a bad foul call uh, in the first half on Timmy. Um, that's all I'll say about that call. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Mark was super impressive, and you know, another guy who. Um, you know, last year starting his freshman year wasn't, you know, wasn't playing much, um, but, you know, just kept after it, kept working, uh, you know, finished the year great. And then, you know, it's come in and been playing really well this year. So, um, I mean, he was he was awesome. I mean, his impact last night can't be overstated, uh, especially on the defensive end. You know, like you said, Timmy did have, you know, ended up with 17, but I think Mark did a really good job on him, uh, you know, made him made it tough, you know, made him have to you know, really getting his bag to get buckets. Um, and, you know, down the stretch, he had four fouls. So it was a, it was a little bit tougher for him to guard. So, um, but yeah, I, I think he, his impact was, was awesome last night. Yeah, too. And it wasn't, it wasn't just what he, he did to Timmy, right. It's, it's having that, that rim protector to erase everything in the paint. Like we talked about this on, uh, on the after dark show on, on Tuesday night with Gonzaga in that the impact that Chet Holmgren has is you can get out and you can really pressure on the perimeter. And you can make things difficult mm -hmm. for to run stuff offensively, knowing that you got an eraser at the rim. If you get beat, they still got to go finish over that seven footer with a seven foot five wingspan, right? And I think you're kind of seeing that a little bit with Duke right now. So I, I mean, to me, that's that's his biggest impact. Is it allows Duke to go out and kind of play defense the way that the old school Duke teams did, right? Back in like 2003, mm -hmm. 2005, so even even your years a little bit too, where you can kind of get out and pressure and. Um, take people out of their offense and overplay and just kind of it, it turns into I dare you to try to beat us one-on-one -on -one, right switch everything get in the passing yeah. lane make you win one-on-one -on -one and say that I think that we can we can stop you as opposed to someone beating them off the yeah ground. and then knowing you just have that eraser at the rim it just makes life so much easier am I right I mean you played in it am I right yeah absolutely um you know my years we had we had the Plumleys back there so um you know, if you know anything about them, it's two, three freak athletes 
you know, six, 10, six, 11, seven foot. So um, that was always nice, you know, especially for someone like me who, uh, you know, got beat pretty often, <laughs> but, you know, they made me, they, you know, they made it look all right, <laughs> you know, when they get a block uh, to help me out. But yeah, I mean, it's, <clears throat> It's it's good, man, because they also have really good perimeter defenders. Um, I think Jeremy, Wendell, um, and Trevor are all three really good wing defenders. Um, and, you know, having that peace of mind, knowing, like, hey, if I do get beat, uh, I do have Mark back there to help me out, um, you know, gives you that extra, like, confidence to to get up into your guy and, and, and really get that ball pressure. And I think that's one of the things that helped us last night was – um, for most of the game, we were really pushing Gonzaga out and they were having to start their offense um, outside of the scoring area. And, you know, that just 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 making them a little bit uncomfortable and, you know, not flowing as well as they usually are. Um, it helped us out a lot on the defensive end last night. Yeah, I think to me, the most impressive thing for this performance from Duke was uh, they got one point out of Paolo in the second half. Right. Like he was. He he, mm-hmm. he he was awesome in the first half. It was as well as you're ever going to see him play in a game um, in college. Second half, mm-hmm. like he scored one point. He had the cramps. Uh, you got Trevor Keels finished. What was it? Two for thir- uh, two for eleven. Jeremy Roach finished two for thirteen. Yeah, something like Harding that. Running backcourt was five for twenty four. They were one for nine on threes. Yeah. Trevor Keels missed two front end of free throws, uh, a front end of one yeah. ones, and he still won. Like that, that to me kind of tells you how good this team can end up being is that you did not play your best game. You did not play anywhere near your, uh, your a game in the second half, your best player, the guy that might be the best player in college basketball was out there limping around looking like me after I got off a Peloton ride, right. For the, for the final 20 minutes (laughs) and you still want, and you still beat the team that beat Texas, that beat the hell out of UCLA. Like to me, that says a lot about what this group can be. And AJ Griffin still isn't healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like everything you said is true. I mean, we, like I said, uh, when we started, we didn't play our best game. We shot terribly from three. Um, you know, I think, what do we have, like four or five threes, and Paolo had three of them in the first half. Yep. Um, yeah. Like you said, Paolo gets one point in the second half. Uh, you know, we missed a bunch of free throws. We left a lot of points on the line. Um, but, you know, even still, you know, Theo John comes in and hits two hook shots. Um, you know, Wendell settles us down. I mean, and then even Jeremy, um, you know, struggling most of the game, hits one of the biggest buckets of the game to put us up three with 40 something seconds left. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's this is a team uh, where, you know, they, it doesn't seem like they get rattled. Um, you know, they were steady even when, uh, you know, Gonzaga was making their run in the second half. And it seemed like, okay, you know, Gonzaga is going to do you know, what they do and kind of pull away here. Um, They didn't allow that. And I think the biggest thing that makes them really dangerous is, um, you know, their identity is on the defensive end, it's not on offense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and and defense and rebounding travels anywhere. You know, you you can take that anywhere. So, you know, sometimes jump shot might not come with you uh, on trips. You know, sometimes your offense, you know, may struggle you know, going here or there, but, you know, if you de- defend and rebound, that'll travel wherever you go. And I think that bodes well for them um, come NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned big shots from people you didn't expect to Joey Baker had a big three in the second half too. Um, yeah. I'm not just talking about yeah. the, I don't know if he called, I don't know if he called bank on that one, but you gotta start calling we'll him take it. Banker. Yeah. The other thing I think is really impressive about this team um or maybe is one of the reasons why I'm so high on them is, 
is what their front line is and how big and physical they can be. Paolo's never going to play the five. Mm-hmm. He didn't play the five for one possession yesterday. Yeah. Mark, uh, Mark played 28 minutes. Theo John came in and played 12 minutes off the bench. You never have to play Paolo at the five, but he's quick enough where if you need him to switch on to point guards, there were possessions where he mm-hmm. was on an island against Andrew Nemhard last night, right? Mm-hmm. So when you have when your foreman that is switching on to point guards is Paolo Bancaro, all six foot 10, 240 pounds of him, think about how tough and physical and, and, and difficult you are going to be to play against. Because there's there's no one else yeah. in college basketball that can do that. No, yeah. And I mean, I, again, that's one of the things I enjoy about this team is like our center position um, is always going to like be solid. Um, and I don't think we've had that in a while where we've had, you know, our starting center is really good and our backup center is really good, um, you know, because Theo's, you know, starting on most teams uh, in the country this year, um, you know, with what he brings defensively, uh, you know, he showed, you know, he's got offensive game, right hook, left hook. So um, to have that that anchor, no matter what, you know, for 40 minutes, we're going to have an anchor in there, you know, whether Mark's in foul trouble, you know, or, or not playing with whatever, we got somebody in there that we can rely on. Um, it was going to get rebounds, going to protect the basket. And again, you know, allows Paolo to not have to bang, um, you know, with the other team's five men at all um, at 610, you know what I'm saying? So uh, frees him up on offense. Um, keeps him out of foul of, trouble too. Keeps his legs underneath him so he doesn't have to work. Yeah, it keeps him out of foul trouble. So, um, and then the other thing is, you know, once we get AJ rolling, um, you know, you could go to a small lineup with Paolo at the five, and then that creates all kinds of problems uh, for the other team on defense. So, now I think we, we haven't even really tapped into what this team can actually can actually be, uh, which is exciting. Well, I mean, that's the scary thing is that there's still a ceiling here to reach, right? Because, I, I mean, I was going to ask, yeah. what is the next step for this group? And it's getting A.J. Griffin to the point where he's a guy playing 20, 25 minutes game, getting into the rotation. Uh, making sure Trevor Keels isn't having these two for 11 nights, right? Like he was awesome against Kentucky. He's kind of come back mm-hmm. down to earth over the course of the last uh, two weeks since then. So I, I, I mean, there's, there's still room for this team to grow and get better, which is kind of a scary thought considering that they're probably maybe the best team in college basketball right now. I mean, it's, it's either going to be them or Purdue number one in the country next week. They'll probably split first place votes. Yeah. I mean, it, it should, yeah, it is scary for a lot of teams because Again, like the two, you know, the two big games this year, um, Kentucky, we made one three, and I think we made five last night. So, you know, we're not lighting it up, um, you know, from the three-point line. Um, again, yeah, and, you know, Trevor, you know, like you said earlier, our backcourt was, you know, five for, you know, 20-something from the field. Uh, Paolo gets one point in the second half, and, you know, I don't know where all the offense came from the second half, but somehow we found it, and, you know, we're able to get the win against a really really good uh gonzaga team and even that kentucky team uh first game of the year i think that they're gonna be a team to be reckoned with down the stretch as well so um yeah i don't know i mean i think i think once you know if we can get aj healthy and and out there and contributing you know i think it that could really take the team to another level um which is scary because they're already pretty damn good yeah, so I want to know that. Like, what is the what's the big concern that you have with this group? Like, what if you is there something where you're like, okay, this is what um, I don't think will work, or this is what can be exploited, or this is where 
uh, we might be able to be taken advantage of in certain matchups. Because for me, it's it's the uh, the playmaking in the backcourt, right? Like what happens if you go up against teams that are going to be elite on the perimeter defensively, that are going to be able to kind of match up with the size, kind of like what a Purdue is. Are you going to be able to rely on Jeremy Roach and Trevor Keels in those games where you need them to take over? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one thing I saw last night that kind of concerned me was, uh, you know, in our pick and roll actions, Gonzaga was like really sucked in um, and almost daring you to like kick it out for a three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think offensively that's like our one kind of downfall is we don't really have, um, you know, two or three real knockdown shooters right now. I mean, you know, maybe, you know, Trevor gets out of front, um, you know, we stick Joey out there. He made a couple of big shots last night. Uh, you know, he can knock a few down maybe, but, you know, just last night that was kind of where we struggled um offensively was they were when when we got forced to play in the half court and they were real packed in and you know we didn't really have lanes for our guys to drive uh because you know they were kind of daring you to kick it out for three so that's that's really my only concern offensively like I said I think defensively we're really good um and you know just you know just can't have a lapse uh you know that's the only thing yeah, but, you know, I mean, it doesn't seem like they they have they have it seems like they have a good uh, mindset and you know strong leadership and um, you know they come out to play every night. Yeah, I mean, and they're tough as hell too. But you're right about the yeah. and I don't even know if they need like you don't need guys to be uh, to to make like four out of eight every single night, right? You just need them to no. shoot well enough that defenses have to respect it. That I mean, that's what exactly. it comes down to. It's it's never the actual whether or not the shot goes in or not, it's the threat of the shot. And right now Mm -hmm. teams are more concerned about the threat of Mark Williams rolling to the rim or Paolo Bancaro putting the ball on the floor and getting a lane to the basket than they are Trevor Keel shooting an open three. So as long as he's making enough to keep defenses honest, that'll be, that should be enough for them to be able to do what they need to do. That, that move that Paolo had last night where Mark came up to set the ball screen for him and he crossed left to right and took one dribble and dunked it and tried like dudes, his size aren't supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, project the ball screen and dunk on the entire team. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's special, man. I mean, only thing that stopped him this year is has been cramps. <laughs> you know, no, so let's, no team. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk about that. You played basketball at a really high level for a long time, but is that just he doesn't have his legs under him? Is that he doesn't have like he needs more electrolytes? Is he not drinking enough Gatorade? Maybe eat like a banana or something before the game? Like, how do you how do you, yeah. how do you deal with something like that? I, I don't know because, you know, I'm thinking back to like, you know, we've, we've played in environments like that. You played in MSG and, you know, packed, packed house. Cameron's hotter than any gym in the world, um, you know, when it's full. And I don't know. I, I don't think I ever really dealt with cramps. Um, but I also didn't do what Paolo did on the course. So, you know, maybe maybe that's why. But I don't know, man. It's it's weird because we got, you know, a couple guys who are, who are cramping. So we got to figure something out. Um, I don't know, maybe throw an IV in pregame or something, but uh, some yeah, we can't, we can't, you know, we, I, yeah, we gotta, yeah, do some prehab or something because, uh, you know, I might cry if we lose in the tournament because we don't have enough guys because we're cramping out. <laughs> yeah, someone said to me that's the that's Chet Holmgren's game plan. If you don't have any muscles, you can't get any cramps. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe our guys are too strong. Uh, maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's let's put a ball in it, man. Like, where, how 
how good are you feeling about this group right now? Like, can they go win a national title? Are you feeling like this is a team that can, I mean, that would be the perfect way to cap coach K's career, right. Is to go out and win the national title in his last season. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, they won't say it, but most of the guys probably have that on the top of their mind. Um, and I do think they can win. Uh, obviously the tournament is completely unpredictable. Um, takes a little bit of luck to win those six games in a row, but I do think they can, I, I think they have all the pieces uh, to win a national championship. And, you know, this year, I think there are a decent amount of teams um, who have an opportunity to win it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's one team that's just far and above anyone else. Um, you know, I think coming into the year, we thought Gonzaga would be that team. Um, but, you know, last night kind of showed that they, they are human. Um, they can be beaten. Uh, but, you know, I think they'll be right there. I think Kentucky will be right there. You know, Purdue's really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of teams that have that opportunity. But I also think we'll be right there. And I think we'll learn a lot. Uh uh, this Ohio State game, you know, coming off a big win, you know, having to flip the script, go on the road, you know, true road game at Ohio State, who's um, who's going to be a game opponent. Um, so I think, you know, we'll learn about the maturity level uh, this team this week against Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, because that's, that's kind of been the thing about them, the the bye games, right? It was, you know, some slow stars, didn't look great against Campbell, kind of struggled with some of these teams that you probably shouldn't be struggling with. Um, yeah, so it'll be seeing how they react to being because like, everyone's going to crown them now. Like that's what's going to that, yeah, that's absolutely. Gonna yep. Duke's the best team in college basketball. Can't wait to see Duke and Purdue in the national title game. So how how do you react mm-hmm. to all of a sudden everybody is kind of kissing your ass a little bit? And you know Ohio State they don't they may not have the names that pop the way that Duke does, but they, they just they just won a couple battles down in uh, I think it was the Fort Myers Classic. Chris Holtman's a hell of yeah. a coach. EJ Liddell is an all-american i mean there that's a that's a good basketball team that that doesn't match up horribly uh with with duke in terms of the where they have uh good players and kind of the way that the positions break down yeah i mean i think that's going to be a that's going to be a good game um and especially coming off big emotional win a lot of energy spent um flying across the country um and like you said now you're starting to get the praise you know started the season you know, maybe you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder because, oh, you know, they got us at whatever line, whatever we were preseason in the AP poll. Um, so, you know, you start the season with a chip. You can call Goodman out on that. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. I, Goodman, too, I think he put us at, like, 14. So, you know, maybe – yeah, so maybe after Kentucky and Gonzaga, you know, we can the, slide the, into the, the top savvy 10. People, the savvy people in <laughs> said that you should bet on Duke to win a national title at 15 to 1 odds. That's what, that's yeah, 15, 15 to 1 was 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 a bit much. Uh, also, last night, that line was crazy. I think it was like plus nine at one point and like plus 315 or something like that. Insane for 1 5. Um, yeah, but I didn't, you know, whatever. Uh, I didn't take the Should, money. A lot, a lot of easy money out there. Yeah, the, the, the plus nine was. Uh, was nice. That was, that, was, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. We capitalized on that. Thanks to yeah. partners over at Bet Rivers. That was uh, not a bad <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Shout out to Bet Rivers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited. I can't wait to see, uh, you know, what they do. And, you know, I'm, I'm real interested to see what they do against Ohio State. If they can, if they can flip the script and, um, you know, continue to play the way that they've been playing, um, then, you know, that I'll have a lot of confidence in them moving forward. So, All right. Last thing that we can get out of here. Who, uh, 
who who's a better overall prospect, Zion Williamson or Paolo Bancaro? Put you on. Uh, so you're talking like if they're both coming out of college right now. Yep. Who would I take? I would take Zion. I think I would take Zion too. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I think I would yeah. take Zion too. I think I'd take Zion. Well, because and I mean, like right now, a lot of people say, oh, well, Paolo, because Zion's been hurt and not. But like, you know, if you're coming from college, what he was doing in college was ridiculous. Insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. And and Zion may have been hurt, but Paolo can't stay on the floor because he can't stop cramping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They but yeah, so both of them are off the court for one reason or another. Yep. <laughs> All right, Dre. Well, this was fun, man. I appreciate uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Um, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Uh, I'm going to be watching football for the rest of the day. Uh, Got to root for these Sooners to get a win. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not feeling great about it, but yeah, we'll see. All right. <laughs> yeah. Take it easy. Later, man.